Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Wheelbite. Not even going to sugarcoat this one with pleasantries. We go into a pretty heavy discussion about life and death within the context of skateboarding. People are always going to be passing away, and it never gets any easier. It is the one constant we have in this life, which we discuss in this episode. But skateboarding is life. It's a beautiful thing. And those of us who are diehard skaters, it's something we carry with us every day of our lives. So, here it is. Life and Death episode. Rest in peace, Caesar Rosado. Welcome to San Francisco. Don't skate here. I feel like, I feel like it's dangling by a fucking strain of bone marrow. East Coast Powerhouse. From the New York, a fabulous I'll take out the Denny Hannes and slide that 75-foot handrail. I especially like the flip of the board. We are rolling and we are live. What's up out there, entire world? Welcome to another episode of Wheel Bite. I'm host one of two, Ted Theodore Mater, with me as always... Jay Green here. Uh, today, so it's going to be a little different today. We're not coming at you with some like personal favorites or some sort of like fun-filled topical discussion. We're actually coming at you with something a little heavy today, and that's why there's no intro like we normally do. But it's been pretty heavy here in skateboarding as a whole i think everyone who follows skating knows what i'm talking about we've lost a lot of people in a very short amount of time and it's been pretty tough some of them were accidents beyond their control and others were due to uh things you you know you read about in the media like depression and uh emotional trauma but because of that I think we're entering a different time in skate culture as a whole and that's kind of something we wanted to address today and for the listeners that aren't in San Francisco or California it's worth noting that this probably hit with a, f- a few of the specific deaths, this probably hit the Bay Area in California a little harder than maybe other places. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so for us, this was like we had this idea and it kind of, I don't know, we wanted to pay respect and talk about uh, death and history of skateboarding kind of on a spectrum as a whole. Um, so we had this idea and it kind of turned into... Uh, more or less discussing death and the other side of it. Um, which is aging which and just getting aging. old and still being able to skate because that's... All, the- within a, all within a whole of the short skateboarding history and how we're living through it right now. Yeah, because that's the flip side of all this is that as much as we are losing people 
around our community that we love and miss dearly. There's also all these people who are getting old that we grew up loving who have managed to remain on the board and keep putting stuff out and keep skating for as long as their bodies allow them to, you know. It used used to be way more common for people to just up and quit due to, like, career change or injury or whatever. But now, I mean, you see people working through that. You know, how many skaters do you see also talking about, like, wellness and health and staying physically fit in ways that are just beyond, like, pushing around in the streets? You see that so much more often nowadays. Mm -hmm. It's much more about, uh, it's no longer a sprint. It's like maintaining and can you, can you get to that Eric Costin and Guy Mariano and Mark Johnson and Daywon song level? Can you maintain that? I think that it's skateboarding has completely flipped in that, in that sense. And I mean, I think that is also a sign of the times because skateboarding is now like going on 50 years old as a, the counterculture that it's always been. You know, skateboarding back in the 60s and early half of the 70s was just a fad. You know, it was just something. But then when the counterculture kind of sucked it in and turned it into what we have today, it was very much a live fast medium of expression, you know. Which it still is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That hasn't changed at all. But, but it's matured very much. Yes. Now I would say it's you're still living fast, but you're also uh, taking a moment to pump the brakes and check out the sunset right. or smell the roses or whatever. Um, or go to yoga. And, or go to yoga. And, and be a vegan. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, that's the thing. The wellness thing has always kind of been a big deal you know like look at mike v and ed templeton who swore by being vegan and straight edge and all this stuff going as far back as like the early 90s but at the time i think everyone kind of looked at them like they were crazy now it's way more common way more common to just see that like you have all these skaters eating these well-rounded diets there's a crew here in san francisco who they're all into like veganism and they have this account where they show like the vegan stuff that they're eating on any given day and like it's their like little crew and they're like today we're just eating like mango milkshakes like it's just blended mango in a fucking cup that's it what does skateboarding become but hey, I'm I mean, if it, shout out to them. Yeah, if it helps you stay on the board and stay healthy, then cool. That's the thing. But the flip side of this is there are a lot of things skaters are battling every day, whether it be the mean conditions of the streets or addiction or depression. And that's like why we've hit this point this year. We've seen it. Um, it just, it seems like for six months there, or, I mean, honestly, even the last couple of years, it's just been, like, one thing after another. 
Yeah. As far as losing legends and local legends and, you know, it doesn't just end uh, with the famous people. You know, we all have people in the skateboard community who may not be the most known that we may have lost to. So, you know, uh, there was that thing, that viral video on Instagram recently of, I think, just a local skater in New Orleans and they had the service for him and they did a rock and roll on a ramp with his casket. Did you see that? I did not, but that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was like the most heartwarming thing I've seen in a long time. And really, really, that actually kind of sparked a little bit of the idea of this. And just like, we'll get get more into it as the episode goes on, but... um, it's been it's been a tough couple years specifically this year um, but you know it's also inspiring at the same time because it's just like skateboarding has matured so much and how I think where this idea for this episode sparked was how how is the skateboard community and skateboard world handling and accepting and cherishing and honoring uh the people who we've lost well i mean look at one of the big ones from a couple years ago and that was when we lost p-stone right and that's of course like kind of what i'm that's i'm roping him in by saying it's been a tough couple years yeah that was almost exactly two years ago and it was really rough i mean that's a guy who is known in our culture as being the ultimate road dog and when you are the ultimate road dog means you travel a lot but also that means you meet a lot of people the scope of people that you know reached out and were so heartbroken by his loss it all had to do with the fact that they had run into him at some point in their travels you go around the world like that you're bound to make a lot of friends and a lot of people who cherish your presence p-stone was the poster boy of that oh absolutely he he could make you know he was rough around the edges and and if you know anything about p-stone you know how he got down but you know the dude with with just like that was the first thing that kind of actually sparked this whole this whole idea with me was like just seeing people like who had nothing to do with skateboarding and like I was I was in Spain at the time when I heard mm-hmm. and I was with traveling with a buddy who is not a skater at all but like I was like super affected by this and I kind of like spent a couple days uh cluing him in on like the his whole his whole situation and like how how epic he was as a human and like by the the end of the day my buddy who had no clue about who p-stone was or you know is not integrated into the the community and the culture like we are he fully understood it was like totally on board and like you know fully grasped how heavy it was and how epic of a human he was and how many lives he touched so to, to go above and beyond the skateboard community and just have that effect on people like he could make a he could make a grandma love him you know yeah and i think that's why it was such a heartbreaking sudden loss and it was you know because of a huge accident and that's one of the things about our lifestyle and culture is there is such a margin of error 
with skating, whether it be the light turns green at the wrong time or there's just that one little pebble in the sidewalk you don't see while you're going really fast or a reckless lifestyle yeah or you're just a little too drunk when you're trying to drop into the ramp or whatever you know it's there's so much room for something to go wrong and as a result you know sometimes the consequences are devastating and that's what we've seen a lot recently and our lifestyle in general is what kind of contributes to that. I mean, you're taking a risk every day if you get on your board and skate through an urban environment from your house to your job. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the same with anything, you know. Even, like, when you get into a car, you're taking a similar risk. You read these statistics all the time about anything, whether it be cars, trains, planes, just walking through the wrong neighborhood, <laughs> you know, hiking fucking Mount Everest, whatever. There's always risks, well, but skaters, skateboarding has a lot of them. <laughs> skaters certainly uh, don't get their rocks off by staying safe. No, and that's part of why I think most of us pick up a board in the first place. It's a little dangerous and it's exciting and it gets the heart pumping in a way that very few things allow us to feel. But the thing about this culture and lifestyle, when we were kind of brainstorming this episode, found ourselves comparing this to hip-hop a bunch because if you think about it, hip-hop and skateboarding are roughly around the same age. Skateboarding's a little older, at least in the way that the culture had refined it and made it what it is today. So, like, Dogtown was probably, like, four or five years before, like, the earliest hip-hop recordings were coming out. They were both looked at as a young person's game. You know, the culture that surrounded it was very youth-oriented. Those who participated in it were very youth-oriented. And the way people got made into superstars very quickly and then their lifestyle just might have caught up with them too quick, again, very similar to that of hip-hop and skateboarding. Yeah, the timing of the two is just undeniable, and the... The similarities of counterculture and fast lifestyle and kind of, you know, and whatever it may be, we're not just talking about tragic, you know, losses. Right. And, well, I should I should say in a dramatic, tragic loss. Um, and hip-hop, of course, has dealt with much more death than skateboarding. But, you know, like Ted said, we couldn't help the comparisons be, uh, between the two. And I think our main point, again to kind of come back to the theme of this is um, the history books are so short right now. Exactly. For both of these cultures. And to lose prominent figures or people in the community steadily, which is now what we're seeing with skateboarding, because skateboarding um, has been growing so much. Hip-hop has been affected by it more because of you know, the street lifestyle associated with it. But 
you know, where I think this year, and again, why this was so important, this episode was so important for us to, to do, was this year, I think we really started to understand how much the community has expanded and that inevitably since skateboarding is growing so rapidly and now that we're getting into an a, a time where there are skaters in their 50s 60s um that we're gonna start having to deal with this a lot more often yeah so one of the big ones we lost this year was jake phelps and you want to talk about a guy who lived a specific lifestyle. Like, I would argue he was skateboarding's true embodiment of Hunter S. Thompson. For sure. You know, um, and I didn't coin that, by the way. Max Schaff coined that in his episode of Epically Latered. But it's so true because Phelps was very much like he had to be involved in the story even if the story wasn't about him. And that's kind of how Hunter S. Thompson was. Like, he would be on the campaign trail with some fucking shitty candidate, and it wasn't about the candidate themselves, but more his experience being with that candidate on the road and the kind of people he was meeting and so on. Phelps was the same way. And he lived his life similar to that of Hunter S. Thompson, where he he definitely was trying to better himself in the last portion of his life by staying clean. But at the same time, the skateboarding lifestyle, again, we watched him all over the world. We watched him hit his head at Dolores Park only like two years ago, and that dude's like in his mid-50s still bombing Mm -hmm. one of the biggest hills in the city where on the bunt he told them that he clocked in 45 miles an hour on any given day bombing that hill, which he did every morning at about 6 a.m. You know, that's dedication right there. But at the same time, whether or not he was taking better care of himself now or not, he still had done all this stuff in the past, which it wears down on your body. So seeing the fact that the invincible Jake Phelps, because he'd gone through so much, like, you know, and we witnessed so much of it in the public eye. So when the word finally got around that he passed, uh, I actually didn't believe it at first. Yeah, nobody did. Um impossible yeah and indestructible jake phelps the fucked up part is someone i know posted something about it happening long before thrasher made their post about him passing so a lot of people thought my homie was like bullshitting them they thought he was pulling their chain and And that's a whole other fucking can of worms dude is i mean at this point i feel like we're we're having to bring in social media into every one of our episodes i mean it's but it's, it's super valid like that's a whole other other thing of how we're dealing with death and how we're remembering people is like the social media pour pour out you know and that like it's uh unfortunately that's where we are now and there's going to be some shit like that like like oh, yeah. what you're saying right now of like yo like maybe that was too soon maybe that wasn't tasteful 
or maybe just like is this person fucking with us because you know it is so easy to write that someone has died on social media and then everyone believes it without actually like checking and, the source and everyone has their own agendas they i want to be the i want to be the first person to post this like yeah weird, which is fucked up <laughs> super weirdo shit but it it it's out there and it exists and people use social media how they will we all know that so yeah one of the uh the point i was trying to make by bringing a Jake Phelps is passing this year is that that was like a true sign of where we were at because we lost our grandfather. Yeah, the exact skateboarding's uh crusty whis- grandfather. Yeah, whiskey drinking crusty grandfather. But yeah, and it's true like that dude has had a voice in our community for 30 some odd years and it's hard to even envision skateboarding without him. And I mean, now we're figuring out how to get through it without him. But when it happened, it was like, it just rocked everyone to their core in a way that I'm trying, there's no real comparison for it. Like within music or something other than like some massive rock star dying or something like that, because Phelps embodied everything about this culture and as someone who's definitely considered old in the skateboard community which he was he still had such a major influence on it exactly and you know it's it's a lot of times like uh if like an old an old sports star or something uh passes away or old musician you know they're remembered and it's it's a big deal but a lot of times these people are a little removed from their cultures yes and that was the opposite of of the case with jake phelps you know he was still very much the glue this guy brought thrasher to tv more or less you know and had a big part in that and and was on tv and he transcended so much and even in his own span of like hardcore skating core skating like fuck the bullshit like everyone knows that about phelps if you ever met the guy to him even bringing it like for it to be okay to be on tv nonetheless him be him show his face on tv yeah so even looking back to at some of the big deaths in skateboarding that happened when we were younger you had your people like Mike Turnaski, who was a huge influence on a lot of people coming up in the first half of the 90s. You had Keenan, which I think at the time was like one of the biggest because he was so loved by everybody around him. And in the prime of his career. Yeah, he was absolutely crushing it. Same thing with someone like uh, Pepe Martinez. And... Those at the time were so out of nowhere that it did truly rock the skate community to its foundations. You know, you'd it would be almost all you could read about for a long time in the mags, and there was no social media back then. But you know, you see what kind of lasting impression. A passing like that had on the early skate community based on like the fact that every girl chocolate video from here on out like even the one they released last year it still had the like keenan forever 
thing oh, yeah. on it. You know, it's it's something they'll never be able to truly forget or get rid. Like they'll never. I don't think Girl or Chocolate will ever put out a video without that at the end of it because he was such an integral part of their family. Talking about Keenan's death and and along with the theme of this episode in how the skateboard community processes these things, um, that's a really, really good point because I feel in the last couple years I've been hearing more people be open about Keenan's death because when it happened it was a mystery to me yeah i mean they weren't divulging for, all for the like, details for a to long us. time for a long time and it that sh- that goes to show that you know the the community and how we digest these things and process them and speak about them and heal from them and remember them has matured so much not that their process for the for him passing was wrong in any way mm-hmm. you know everyone deals with that type of stuff differently but um i don't know i think it's it's just interesting to take that into account in the, in the spectrum of of us losing our legends the thing about why we're bringing a lot of the stuff that's happened in the past few months up right now is that we're kind of witnessing skating history happen right before our eyes. And it's not always something you can just put your finger on as it's happening. You're never like processing something at that moment and thinking, oh, this is super important. Or this is like, this is something we'll be talking about right. years from happens. now. It just happens. Yeah. But. We are at a point where, like, skating is just as regarded as so many other countercultures. And I'm sure at the same time, like, going back to the hip-hop comparison, it was probably similar back then. Like, I mean, I'm sure my parents and most people our age's parents did not think hip-hop was going to be this long-lasting art form. I'm sure they thought it was a fad. Good point. Much like people probably thought skateboarding was a fad, you know? Which it was. And, yeah. But we are at a point now where everything is very much carefully documented and cataloged in some major way. And right now, like with everything that's happened recently, we are indeed watching all of this happen. This is skating history. Like, yes, guess what? In 20 years, when they're talking about skating and assuming climate change hasn't destroyed the human race... We will still be talking about Jake Phelps passing. We will still be talking about the mark that Pablo Ramirez left on San Francisco. Like these things will still be talked about right. in 20 years. They left their undeniable footprints on skating. And as much as we miss them, this is history happening right now in front of us. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that in. I mean, it might sound stupid to say that we're witnessing history unfold, but because anyone involved in the in the culture will always be watching history unfold, but I think our point is that we've finally reached a point where skateboarding has gotten to a certain age, just to clarify that. Yes. It's gotten to a certain age where we're dealing with a lot of rapid change 
and it's it has benefits and it has the somber moments to it and you know it's weird to say that i'm glad i'm alive and still in the community at this point because this is such a you know kind of a heavy topic but you know i think i think of like our parents generation who were involved in epic countercultures and are able to look back and be like man i was there for that like i st- i stepped up for the skateboard community i remembered these legends and our friends properly and I think it'll be it'll be a total trip when people our age and our generation, I mean, even for the older folks too now, like to think about like how old Steve Caballero is and Tony Hawk is 50 and like, and Tony Hawk is like, you know, he at one point obviously was considered a young radical skater. So there's people above him that are like, like I said, in their 60s and, and that's like, that's a long lifespan at this point for our culture to be cemented. Yeah. And I think that's the flip side of this episode. As much as we could talk about the very sad and morbid side, you know, there is an upside to all this stuff because death is inevitable. I mean, it's going to happen to you, it's going to happen to me, it's going to happen to every single person we've ever met. That is the one guarantee you have in your lifetime, is that your life will inevitably end. How you spend that time is completely up to you. But, that being said, the fact that there are all these old dudes who still rip and who are not afraid to get out there every day and still be on a board even though an injury at that point in their life is way worse you know it says a lot about where our culture is going well like this point like we kind of touched on in the beginning of the episode our our culture as far as like chewing up teens and spitting them out is still prominent but it's kind of it's reversing slowly but surely um, and again, like just to point out that there's a big change in skateboarding culture just because of how old it is now. And there's a whole other market for skateboarding being people my age. I'm 32, my age and older that there you're seeing these companies like Nike, Adidas and um, even some of these independent board companies uh we're seeing them pull these legends back in I mean, instead of instead of being like okay well you're old no kids want to want to buy your shoe buy your board watch your video part we're seeing the opposite of that because skateboarding has evolved to this point where there's people in their early mid late 30s early 40s that still want to see mark johnson skate and eric costin yeah so we've well, seen this whole like kind of reversal well i was even gonna go like it's like here's a few different examples like first i'm gonna say like chad muska muska's <laughs> been on the injured list forever muskamania was very much a product of like late 90s early 2000s hip-hop culture and excess and even like the whole idea of like the party culture he got wrapped up in all of it i I always think of that andrew like andrew reynolds is telling that story on epically later where he reads an interview with muska where muska says money makes you fat it's a fucking great quote right there, That's but so but um, 
Muska has evolved in such a huge way. Like, and I don't think any of us would have seen this coming 20 years ago. Well, you know, and he just had such a polarizing, like, flamboyant personality. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think a lot of people were like, oh, like, like, that's cool. He's a gnarly skater. But, like, at one point might have been turned off because he was such a, like, personality. But now you go on Instagram and anyone even fucking mumbles Muska in a post and you see all your favorite pros and legends in the comments just pouring out their heart about like, oh, we just want to see him push like, like, and it's, well, there's that. And that's the thing. Like, I love like Muska's posts because he's always like dropping all this wisdom because he's lived through a ton of bullshit at this point. Five lives. Yeah. Like. No, that dude's forgotten more shit than we've ever done. And he, like, still, like, will go out skating by himself and film himself ollieing, like, a roof gap. And he'll go out and get on curb sessions with Chris Pastris and Matt Field in L.A. And as a result, he just had the Rising Sunboard reissued under stereo. I mean, I don't think Stereo's like, we got to sign Muska and get him as our next big pro. I don't think he even wants or needs that, and he doesn't because he's the Muska. But the fact that there is still this market that cares about him so much is great. And then, like, I'm going to go even, like, a couple tiers down after this, too. Like, look at Mike York. Like, talk about a pro who at one point or another was kind of left for dead. Like, you know, he got injured. He was having his own problems. This was right after the Hot Chocolate Tour. And he even said in an interview once, like, sponsors started to kind of just drop him left and right because they were quote-unquote riding the chocolate wave. Mm -hmm. But he had a few other things that he tried to get going. But, like, now look at him, like what he's doing with this brand of his that's basically this family-run operation. His kid does all the artwork, and he's, like, the skater. It's just kind of his little thing on the side. And people dig it, man. Like, I see a lot of people riding his boards. He's still out there kind of, like, learning weird, new, like, kooky tricks. Kooky's the wrong word, but, like, I feel like he's always just, like, he'll post clips on Instagram where I'm it's like, how did you think of that? It's centered Yeah, it's not about, like, oh, this is going to be the next big thing. Right. He's a legacy at this point, whether you want to say that about him or not, but, you know, original EMB guy, Pier 7 extraordinaire. He, like, lived two very distinct and amazing generations in the city's skate scene, and... Now he's a dad, and he's got other priorities, but at the same time, he's not abandoning his roots, and he's doing it in a way that is fun and inclusive, you know? He's not trying to, like, be the coolest brand on the block. He's just like, this is me, and you can take it or leave it. He's kind of a different case because he's he doesn't have any major sponsors, so to speak, you know, other than him putting himself on which is the most major but you're seeing now these bigger companies and i kind of want to wrap this in go back to what you said about muska and specifically how you said there's still a market for him Mm -hmm. i kind of i kind of would put it as 
almost like a resurgence a little bit because he someone like him or even like like a, a guy Mariano or Eric Costin, like there was a lull there and even if there is a lull now, these people, whether it be themselves, the skaters, mm-hmm. or the companies or both, whatever it may be, they're realizing that the core fan base has now aged and it's gonna they're gonna have a better, well round more well rounded program for Adidas to bring on a Mark Johnson or a Nike to bring on a, a guy Mariano because it's skateboarding is so vast now as far as like the age span and yeah. and the the history span that like we're seeing a really cool thing where these people and you know it's worth mentioning that with people like Nike, Adidas and like even these uh, board companies who gives like the guest boards, you know, give some of the legends like the guest boards there's money at the at the root of it obviously mm-hmm. however like that's really cool to see that they're no longer being pushed aside or or thrown out and uh and even to go as far as companies hiring legends for regular stuff work in the work uh, the warehouse be a designer be a, a yeah. merch guy be a marketing guy like we're seeing more of our community bring people back in to ner- to keep the community thriving. Like perfect examples is that you know like Todd Jordan is right at the head of the table at Supreme. Sure. Even when Scott Johnson was was with uh Lakai for years and yeah. now he's at Adidas. And people find other ways to keep it going like Chris Roberts on the Nine Club and Lee Smith with his podcast. What's what's it called again? Oh man, my favorite! Shout out Lee Smith's podcast. No, no, it's shameless not, plug. It's not as uh, yeah. Shout out our, our our podcast, but also shout out his and no one else's. It's called the Mission Statement, and it's way it's way more truer than any of the other fluffy shit that's out there. I mean, even Jamie Thomas, who is still very much like running a company skating all the time he put out a podcast simply because i think he's just trying to explore a new territory because he's he's also getting old and even ed templeton like in a recent interview said he doesn't know how he would ever like turn over toy machine to someone else even though he's like barely involved other than just kind of like managing the team and doing graphics you know he's barely skating anymore and he's still like can't give it up as much as he tries, he said he wanted to give it away to somebody in a Willy Wonka golden ticket type situation. And like, yo, Ed, if you're looking the, the right here, dude, I'm wearing a toy machine shirt as dude, we are doing this episode. You're not going to find a better candidate. But it's a lifestyle you can't just leave behind no matter how old you get. Because skateboarding is so rooted in so much around us like even if i was a 50 year old man and wasn't ever gonna skate again i'd still be like walking down the street and being like it's a good moment to bar right there yeah (laughs) like no matter what it's embedded in our dna after a certain point and like it's also becoming kind of i want to go to something you said about it spanning a mat like a massive generation now like a couple. Yeah, like, think about it. There are people in their 60s who 
skate still or skated when they were young. And they're no different from a fucking 10-year-old kid in that regard. Yeah. Which is amazing. Like, how many things truly have, like, that kind of marketability to such a massive age span? And I mean, now, too, that, like, female skateboarding is picking up so massively. And then, like, you also are having more skaters who are LGBTQ as well. You're, you're like there are so few things that span all those demographics and now with it heavy in the media and movies and tv and again like tying everything in with just like the heavy couple last while we've had and seeing the community stand behind it like and it's maybe safe to say this counterculture has cemented its mainstay like it's it's not going anywhere. No. And to like illustrate this further, I tell this story all the time. I can't remember if I've told it on this show. But there was one night a few years ago, I was walking to work down Haight Street, and I saw a dad and son duo at, between Broderick and Divisadero, which is a pretty steep block of hate. And they were both skating. And the dad was coaching the son on how to, like, bomb the hill for, like, a quarter of a block and then try and ollie this, like, little driveway gap. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Like, this is now something a dad and their kid can do together, just like playing catch. Right, yeah. And, I mean, you've that's something that's been embedded in surfing for years mm-hmm. and years and years. But I feel like that's kind of always accepted because surfing is like, that's a lifestyle in a way that's way different than skateboarding. Surfing's way more, you know, you're at peace, you're with nature, you know, it's... It's got a different effect to it. You're yeah, not, and not there's only... There's no vandalism uh, right, right. associated with it. Yeah, the only, other, the only vandalism associated with surfing is someone's going to say, get off my wave, kook. <laughs> and shout out the parents who are trying to catch up to their kids. So uh, in the skate program that I used to work at, a lot of the parents would be getting into skateboarding in their 40s because their kids are into it right which is something we never ever really seen before yeah i think if my dad had tried to step on a skateboard when i was like seven or eight years old he would have just eaten shit and that would have been that yeah now you have kids with their parents skating together and that makes the community better as a whole like, it really does. And that's the thing about all this. Like, the one positive from all this bad shit that's happened, like, on the other side of this coin, is that our community now feels like it's almost stronger than ever. Yeah. Because look at the stuff, like, when Ben Raymers passed a couple months ago, the Tilt Mode Army was posting everything they found online that had to do with someone paying tribute to Ben Ramers. And tributes are coming in in all sorts of ways, like people painting 
murals of him to people just reposting his clips and photos. And I mean, even on a personal note, we lost one of our friends in the skate community this year. And I think when he passed, oh, he just wasn't skating as much. But it didn't matter because that community backed him so hard. So when the news got out, you saw it. Everyone was posting all sorts of stuff. They designed an obstacle at the skate park dedicated to him. We had a big skate memorial for him as well with, like, you know, board prizes and barbecuing, like all, all things that he loved in his life. And Which will be an annual thing probably. Yeah, you there, know. there will probably be one next year as well around the same time. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like that 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 brings it home a little more because we've we've named so many legends and publicly known people and you know for the homies that listen into us they know who who uh, we're talking about and you know they knew him personally but it goes to show that even though he may not have been some big skateboard celebrity that he had this whole community behind him yeah that like rallied together and and you know i could be off but like i don't see this type of camaraderie and community behind other things like like just as an example say me and you grew up playing basketball together at at a a public court or whatever Mm -hmm. right and and one of us or a friend passes maybe a little too early in life. Like I, I where the, where are the basketball jams at? Where's the where's the you know like where's the cookout at the basketball court? Like I you I mean, don't you don't see that. I'm sure it's there, but but like, way more low key than like what we did for our, and our friend. And you know, also this this thing and this air of skateboarders having such a thirst for life, and it's kind of this thing where. Uh, I don't know where this was lost in mainstream sports where, like, if you see another skater, like, you could be into hip-hop. And literally one of my best friends in life now, when I met him, he had a three-foot spiked mohawk. He was rocking chuck taylor's skin tight jeans and i was the little rap rap you know hip-hop skateboarder and we met in algebra class and it, it was as if it's cliche to say but as if we we didn't see each other's appearances or anything outside of that we became such good friends right away just off the strength of skateboarding that you know it's there's a different air around our community and what i was getting to is that Skaters are uh, amongst each other and our friends just have such a thirst for life and love and passion. And it really shines through in how they're remembered also. Going back to like this dude, this viral video on Instagram of like, I'm seeing people who have absolutely never even touched a skateboard reposting this thing just because the whole city of new orleans every skater came out to remember this dude and they did a rock and roll with his casket like that shows you how powerful our community is and how how well we're doing and how progressive and and just positive that we've become i think one of the big things about it is there are very few things that really 
produce such camaraderie between friends when you're a kid. Like, yeah, playing on a basketball team is one thing, but, like, skating four miles across town, getting yelled at by the cops, getting screamed at by the neighbors, and just having a blast doing it the whole time, bombing a hill together, going, like, 20 miles an hour. And when you all make it to the bottom, you're all like, yeah. There are very few things that really do that to people that are on that level. You know, obviously, like, I think going through, like, truly depressing situations, like going to war or working under some shit boss can have some sort of camaraderie that's similar, but it's built on a terrible foundation. Skateboarding is a very positive foundation if you allow it to be. And that's why the good thing that will come, like, you know, because we're going to keep losing people in this community to what inevitably ends up happening to all of us. But the one thing that I think we can all be happy about and take some comfort in is knowing that, like, the community within skateboarding is going to have one another's backs, no matter what. Like, even if you're out the game, you're still going to be remembered within the context of that community.